All right, we've made it into week four. It is another edition of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast, our week four Fantastics Fantasy Primer. Dan Claskins, James Adams, we're back with you here, and we'll be with you weekly throughout the season. You can catch us Tuesday nights. We'll drop our podcast here, hitting the waiver wire and everything else. And, of course, Saturdays, too, all season over on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio and insiderfootball.com. That's our website. You can get the DFS lineup optimizer, all the tools to win in the regular season. And James, man, we need all the help we can get after three weeks in. Things are getting crazy. More injuries to talk about. And I think uh, we're finally, finally starting to understand the teams that might be legit. But I don't know, dude. Every week's new and different. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. Every week is new and different with some surprises and uh, some teams that had kind of set a, a trend through two weeks, maybe some changes in the trend through two weeks with some teams that we expected and finally saw. But it is the NFL. You know, it's a conversation I've had with some other people throughout the course of the week, like, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about the Cardinals at some point in this podcast, but even the worst NFL teams and the worst NFL players are the supremely best football players in the world. So it's easy to get confused because you see somebody get hot, get momentum, and then that changes and the other side of the ball, offense, defense, whatever, whoever's on that other sideline, those are all paid pros too. And so, I mean, let's face it, that's part of what makes us so much fun is what also makes it so frustrating and confusing at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I often say it as like, gosh, we wait for all year to football gets. And then we, uh, every Sunday, it's just, I'm, I'm sad, miserable, or <laughs> <laughs> it's always, it's not necessarily always a positive thing. And I gotta, I gotta say, uh, we're recording this here on Tuesday night. Last night, I, we both, I believe we're at the Bengals game. Yes, sir. And uh, I don't have a long voice here today, so we're going to power through, but uh, apologize for the uh, roughness in my voice. Luckily, I won't be doing the Saturday show with you. Skeeter will be filling in here in week four on the Sirius XM side, but let's jump into it, James, uh, before we get to week four, before we get into all the injuries and waiver wire targets we want to talk about. Let's talk about those week three takeaways. Start with some of the good, and dude, I mean, we've got to start with the freaking Miami Dolphins. I mean... (laughs) Holy cow. Uh, we knew this offense was good with Jalen Waddle out. You were thinking that we would see a big day for Tyreek Hill, which we did. But nobody saw what we thought were coming. 70 points. They put up 70 to 20. They knocked off the Denver Broncos in impressive fashion. And I'll tell you what, dude. Uh, it was one of those games that, Every time they touch the ball, it was like, are they going to score again? Because it seems like they're about to. Let's, I mean, what's your thoughts on this offense? And I know that the running backs just blew it up this week, but, uh, you know, what can we expect in the weeks ahead is the better question. I, I think we can continue to expect things similar to this. I mean, it's at this point time to go, okay, Raheem Mostert is a viable, uh, maybe RB1 in fantasy, certainly a weekly starter. Um, I think Mike McDaniel is awesome. I mean, he is the most weird, interesting guy in the world. Um, I'm very happy with Zach Taylor, but God, I would love if he was the coach of my team from both the ingenuity side. And then he's just so interesting, right? He's like, he's got that dry Bill Belichick, but you can tell he's an incredibly, he's the mad scientist genius. Um, he's, he's fun. He's fun to watch interview and he's fun to watch coach. Uh, I think one of the craziest things, so getting back to like the, the running backs and, I guess it's A-Chan now, but Mostert, A-Chan, I think it's viable, Dan. Look at the look at the numbers they put up. 25 uh, completions by the two quarterbacks. 20 of those receptions went to Tyreek Hill 
and the two running backs. Nine, seven, and four was a split between um, Hill, Mostert, and Achan. Then with two receptions was Braxton Berrios. That's the, now obviously Jalen Waddle was out of the game. With 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 that much offense, ten touchdowns. Your second leading receiver for the Miami Dolphins, receiver being a you know wide receiver, was two catches for Braxton Berrios. Now Chosen Anderson had the long one, so he had more yards, but it was only one catch. Like that's probably almost as surprising to me as the fact that they hung seventy was the fact they did it while completing. Uh, nine passes to one wide receiver. One other receiver had two catches. The rest of them all had one because they were just funneling it to those three players. So I thought it was the three-headed monster of Tua, Waddle, and Hill. I'm, I think at this point you probably would have to consider both of those running backs moving forward as starting options too. Um, maybe it wasn't the Lions that were going to have two starting running backs. Maybe it was the Dolphins. I know. I mean, I'm dialing it back a notch from where you're at on it. I mean, I do think it was obviously a little bit of an epiphany here, but – uh, Salvin Ahmed was playing ahead of a, a Shan, a Shane, whatever he's calling himself. <laughs> uh, and he'll be back. Jeff Wilson's off the IR. Waddle's coming back into the mix. So they're not going to be playing. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be throwing up those kind of points. So I just think there's a floor as, as high as a ceiling with the Shan, personally. I mean, most, not to say I wouldn't love to have him on his roster, but mm-hmm. dude, there's good. <laughs> People are going to overpay for what the reality of it is, at least in the short term, in my opinion, in this backfield. Now, most of it, on the other hand, I mean, if you're not in on that at this point, I don't know what it's going to take. But, again, I I do think Jeff Wilson's eventually a factor here. The passing game is what it is, and they're clicking on all cylinders right now. They'll hit a little turmoil as well. So, I don't know. I'm – I'm, I'm, I think it's the hype train's rolling pretty fast, dude. And I'm just going to let it pass on by on me on this one. Okay. Uh, but I, I sure am enjoying those best ball shares because when it goes good, I mean, we've seen the upside here. It's interesting. Shannon Moster become the, the second pair of teammates in NFL history with four scrimmage touchdowns in the same game. You know, the other, the other pair of teammates to do it, the 2004 four. Chiefs, Priest Holmes and Derek Blaylock. Oh, I would have definitely not gotten. The I don't ladder. remember Derek Blaylock. I do remember Priest Holmes, though. Yeah, for that. sure. Either way, uh, the Dolphins right now, James. Here's the real takeaway for me. Uh, I, I don't know about the backfield and how fantasy owners can guess it right each week, uh, despite the explosiveness of the offense. But uh, right now, I think they're the team to beat in the AFC. Hard to hard to argue that. And look, they were in that same spot a, a year ago. If they can stay healthy. Yep. They were three. And well, it's the same, same thing spot. we've said in the preseason. I mean, yeah. two has looked great so far. Great. But we know that, hey, it's a hold your breath situation there. So we shall see. Let's get to anything else good you want to talk about here as we move along. Well, I'll tell you this, Dan. As I watched the Packers and the Saints, that was a pretty interesting game in the way that flipped. But from the good side, I will say this. You know, I cautioned people Saturday when we spoke on SiriusXM about the fact that Jordan Love had 400 passing yards and six touchdowns and that – those two, those two sets of numbers just can't continue to run together. I mean, they could. Lamar had a crazy touchdown-to-yardage ratio his MVP season, but I didn't expect it. And what we saw from Love was that he only had the one passing touchdown. Yeah, he did get you one on the ground, too. But it was the ability, I thought, to, to – I hate to say take over the game because there was certainly an ebb and a flow when Derek Carr got hurt, but his ability to kind of stand up and deliver a win, it also took a missed field goal – but I thought that was more impressive than the six touchdowns he's thrown in the first two se- uh, two games, frankly. Yeah, I, I really like what I'm seeing uh, out of the rookie tight ends. I mean, it continues to be a thing. And 
Sam Laporta earned 35% of the Lions targets against the Falcons. He led leads all tight ends with 22.4 points this week. And then you get Musgrave over here in uh, Green Bay where Jordan Love continues to really impress. And But he ran a team high 86% of the routes. This led to eight targets, only 10.9 fantasy points. But uh, if he's still out there in your waiver wire, this is the guy I'm adding this week for sure at tight end because I think a massive game is happening here real soon. And in general, rookies all over doing some pretty good things. Marvin Mims, I mean, lost in that blowout was the garbage time production. But, I mean, he just got to get in there. Right now he's operating his wide receiver four. So 73 yards on five targets on just 11 routes run. Hopefully they let his snaps get up there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Ty, uh, Ty J Spears, another one to keep your eyes on. Now it was blowout city. So why would you play Derrick Henry when you're playing from so far behind? But I mean, 57% to 36% to Derrick Henry. So I guess that's good surprise for Spears, bad surprise for Henry and the Titans look like dog doo doo. So And one final note of rookie, how about Tank freaking Dell? I mean, you want to talk about a guy that got some preseason hype that's actually living up to it? James, he ran more routes than Nico Collins for the second straight week, and he led the uh, Texans with seven targets. It's looking more and more like he's the Texans wide receiver one. Yeah, and I mean, if we're going to continue to mention one more good thing, I think you got to go to his teammate, the rookie quarterback, who for the third straight week has looked very impressive in C.J. Stroud, not only in delivering the win – but, I mean, he stood tall against Baltimore in his debut on the road against that tough defense. C.J. Stroud, I, I, you know, it was a very popular opinion yesterday in the media that maybe he's the best rookie of this class as far as quarterbacks go. Um, gosh, you know, he was, he, was, he was the best pocket passer coming into this. He got a big uh, knock on him because of the poor scoring from the uh, mental aptitude, but that doesn't appear to be – uh, a knock that we should have taken seriously, and I'm, I'm fortunate to get him in one dynasty league. Wish I would have gotten him more, but there's no way that we can do anything but say C.J. Stroud looks like like the real deal right now. Yeah, I mean, definitely hasn't looked shabby. Uh, some more bad things, just a few. I mean, there are many, but just a couple quick ones. What do you got there? Well, the fact that the Lions uh, just absolutely blew out the Falcons. The Falcons had two wins. They were really productive offensively against the uh, the the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks last week, excuse me, not the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Green Bay Packers uh, last week, just couldn't put up any points. That to me was a little frustrating. There's times when that offense is going to be so stagnant. And I think you got to go back to Saints Packers a little bit and just how bad that Saints team became once Derek Carr went out. I mean, like Jameis Winston used to be, he was, he used to be okay. I thought, and that entire team just went downhill. And I, I thought that was a terrible surprise just in the way that game completely swung. Yeah, no doubt about it. And how about the Dallas Cowboys? Can they all just be duds? I mean, that was my bet of the week. I thought they were going to take it to them. And I mean, not it wasn't even just Dak and the offense looking that bad. I mean, even the defense against mm-hmm. the run just got shredded. I mean, they 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 did not come to play, and it was evident from the very beginning. James Conner just totally goes off on them. I mean, he was RB six again this week. So, uh, you look at. You look at what this team is, though, in in Dallas and James. I mean, C.D. Lamb, he ain't living up to his early uh, season price tag. That's for sure. I mean, and you got to pass the first two weeks because the offense didn't have to do a lot. Yeah, I mean, when they had to do something, they didn't do anything. They've been killing Chase and all these other 
big name receivers that have these other surrounding factors. What's the excuse for CD Lamb? I mean, they blew out the Giants in week one. They kind of blew out the Jets, what, 30 to 10? Uh, the Jets, he did. I mean, in his defense, I mean, he did go 11 for 143, but he has yet to find a touchdown. Yeah. And he's had two games where he's had four catches. So that's not good. No, it's not. not. That offense did not look good at all against the uh, the, uh, Cardinals. It goes back, and nothing against any of them. I mean, I know we've had our Dak versus Deshaun conversation, but it's about Mike McCarthy. It's about him. I mean, maybe it's not because Dak threw a terrible ball on the goal line for an interception. So, I mean, I can eat some crow if I have to, and Dak threw a bad ball. The play calling is terrible. It's not great, and it didn't have to be great the first two weeks. Yeah, so that's Buzzkill City. And then I think the other thing for me this week is like, oh my gosh. I mean, you talk about uh, another uh, stud player that, I mean, are they going to get anything done is Josh Jacobs. I mean, he did get 62 yards, but he did come in on his under rushing prop, which I did bet on and win. So that wasn't a terrible (laughs) thing. But James, I mean, Josh Jacobs, he held out. And didn't get a lot of work out in there. And, man, it's really showing. I mean, he's just not hitting the holes. I mean, the numbers are one thing, and they're not that great to begin with. But 19 for 48 in week one, nine for negative two. His best game of the season was Sunday night, and all he could muster was 3.6 yards a carry. He got to 62 yards. Did get a little bit more involved in that passing game. But uh, you're looking at a guy right now in half-point PPR leagues. He's not even hit double digits yet this season. So, that's pretty brutal for him. Yeah, I mean, it makes the case for figuring out running back later. I mean, there's certainly some stud anchor running backs, but you know, once you or get it into just this, makes the case not to take running backs to just skip all of camp and aren't really right. happy with the team or the contract and aren't in their first three seasons. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's scoot on. Just I would I would say we can move on to some good news, but we're moving on to the injuries, so that's not the case. And let's start with the biggest one of the week because it's another season loss. Mike Williams ACL injury. You knew right when you saw this one, the way it got twisted up on that turf up in Minnesota. But uh, obviously, Buzz is Kill City for Williams and any of his fantasy managers. Really, Buzz Kill City for uh, Phil Rivers or uh, Phil Rivers. Goodness. <laughs> Justin Herbert, <laughs> Phil Rivers came from Deep Space Nine over there. Justin Herbert, fantasy managers are in trouble uh, when it comes to those big deep balls. I mean, Keenan Allen's going to get a lot of target volume. Obviously, he's looking the stud. But Quentin Johnson, the unproven rookie here, has been mostly invisible. Uh, him and Josh Palmer, who's going to get into the action as well, become viable options and guys that we'll get to in the waiver wire here. But James, in terms of this uh, Chargers offense, the real problem, I think, is the missing of Austin Eckler because Josh Kelly, he could have made our bad surprise too because he's doing nothing with his touches. Mm-hmm. They could really – now with Williams out, and it could be a couple more weeks on Eckler still with that ankle. We'll see how the week goes here. I'm not optimistic, but fire up Keenan Allen all day. But uh, I don't know. The Chargers are 1-3. and three. They've already lost a couple studs here. It's going to be hard to uh, one and two, I should say. Yeah, it's going to be hard to uh, uh, really think that Keenan Allen can continue to that level of success unless either Palmer or Johnston or maybe even Everett grows a role in the offense a little bit more. What do you mean? Donald Parham, who is Gerald Everett? Uh, Gerald Everett's the guy who gets more receiving yardage. He just doesn't find the end zone. 
Parham's the guy who only catches touchdowns. He's Jimmy Graham Jr. with his one-yard touchdown catches all the time. Uh, But if we don't see another option emerge in the Chargers offense, you do have to question if Keenan Allen can be as dominant because he's going to get more coverage. And so it's going to be really interesting to watch who gets, you know, who, if either, can step up. Palmer, the veteran who's never quite done, lived up to the hype. I don't know if there was real hype, but, you know, there was some hope, I guess, maybe is a better way to put it. Or Johnston, who certainly has a lot of hype with that draft pick, but it's mm-hmm. been Palmer so far this year yeah. in the early. We'll, we'll save some of that for the waiver wire report yeah. and talk about who and what are the position we're prioritizing. Let's Derek Carr, the other big injury news. And this one not sounding quite as bad as it originally looked. It's an AC joint. Uh, they're saying he's still got a shot for this week. I, I'm not buying that, but certainly not the season ender like we first thought. It's uh, maybe just a week or two. Um, but as you mentioned, Jameis Winston, he looked okay here. I don't know, dude, this saints offense is hard to put, it's hard to put your finger on. And now they got Camara coming back after the suspension. They've got, uh, obviously uh, the youngster, uh, Kendra Miller got into the action a little bit. We know Jamal Williams went on IR. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things to figure out here. I'm not sure I've got the answer. Yeah, I don't think uh, we do, and it didn't look like the Saints coaching staff had the answer either because they let, uh, was it a 17-point lead dissolve? Maybe it was a 10-point lead, uh, but they certainly had no, control of that game. No, it was 17-nothing. Was it? Yeah, they yeah. had control of that game in Lambeau, and they lost it. So I don't know You know, I don't know that we can figure it out when the coaches haven't figured it out yet, but certainly the return of Camaro will help. And the question there is, like, you know, can Carr play? Because they, need, they needed Carr. I know there's a lot of talk about Winston being a great leader, even in his backup quarterback role, they clearly showed that they were a better team with Carr under center by a great margin. Yeah. It's going to – oh, excuse me. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how Carr really does come out of this, uh, even if he only misses a couple weeks. I mean, just getting his groove in, uh, you know, how it just impacts the offense as a whole. But we will continue to debate that. Another quarterback situation to watch, Jimmy Garoppolo – in concussion protocol, might not have been able to finish that game, but somehow did. Uh, and this one sort of sucks, James, because, yeah, the Raiders haven't looked great, but at least Garoppolo's making Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers some fantasy studs here. And if they have to turn to the backup, uh, and I believe it's Hoyer still in Vegas, I, I don't know. I know they have got a young kid, but I think it would be Hoyer who they would turn to if Garoppolo's out this week. We'll have to see. But at the end of the day here, uh, We'll keep our eyes on that, and if, especially if you're a Devontae Adams owner or Jacoby Myers, you'll be wanting to know who's throwing the football. The Ravens injuries, man, there's so many of them, I can't even keep track anymore. So <laughs> they lost even in the midst of being down eight starters going into last week. They did not finish the game with Justice Hill. Uh, it was already out. Then Gus Edwards gets a concussion. We were seeing Melvin Gordon in there for large stretches of the game. Uh, Bateman got dinged up again a little bit here. I mean, they are doing it. I don't even know how they're doing it, but they lost to the Colts this week. And James, even when it's all healthy, I'm trying to figure out anybody besides Lamar and basically uh, Andrews. Yeah, Andrews. And I would would say probably Zay Flowers is at least probably the best other target. I mean, there's nothing to talk about in, in redraft right now with these guys. I'd say the conversation is, doesn't it seem like this is a recurring thing for the Ravens? I mean, a couple of years ago when Dobbins and Edwards went down, wasn't it Peters that got hurt in, in their secondary too? Like, um, 
this doesn't seem to be like an annual thing. And I, or it does seem to be like an annual thing. And I do realize it's football and injuries happen and every team deals with injuries, but, and I don't know why, and I'm not even making rhyme or reason of it. It's very well could be just completely coincidental, but gosh, it seems like the Ravens deal with injuries more than other teams. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before Lamar's dealing with one. Probably so. I'm about to sneeze. <laughs> well, I hope that uh, that sneeze doesn't injure oh, you. Like, it sorry, did dude. Associate. At least I got a mute button here. I, I don't know. I've been cleaning up the garage today, and it's all stirred up here. So it's also very dusty in this area. Yes. Uh, so we talked about uh, Alvin Kamara coming back from the suspension a little bit in the car stuff, but if we look at some of these banged up guys, suspended guys coming back soon, let's start there because we expect him back this week. What's your expectations for him as a fantasy player? I mean, you would surely think that there's going to be a heavy workload given the fact that Jamal Williams hit the IR and this team, you know, I mean, if Carr goes, is he going to be throwing deep balls or is he going to be maybe trying to dump it off? Uh, and they're going to have a tough Bucks, sec- uh, Bucks defense to play. So my expectations would be like, ah, you're probably chomping at the bit to get him in your lineup, but I'm not so sure, even though I know Swift had a great game. Against With all the, the running Bucks. back injuries, he's certainly in the yeah. top 24 this week. Yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. That's probably an easy 24 even against that matchup. Yeah, yeah. So not quite yet. Cooper Cup, he'll be back next week. But James, we saw the Rams spooking Nakua for, you know, got a lot of volume again here. We got our eyeballs on this offense last night. Cup will be a welcome addition for sure. And it'll be interesting once he's back to see how the others still fit into the mix. It will, right? Because Nakua seems like a guy who can catch the ball in tight windows like Cup. Uh, but he's definitely a bigger body than Cup. Atwell seems like a speedster, a burner that maybe would keep that role in the offense. I don't know. I'll be interested to see Nakua, who has dominated shares and looked le- legit like you know an NFL receiver, how he he and Cup will play together. Yeah, I think uh, that's going to be huge. We already talked a little bit about Eckler coming back, and that can't happen soon enough. Joshua Kelly's been disappointing, but if Eckler's out, he's still going to get the touches. So, he, I mean, as bad as it's been, I mean, he's still in the conversation. Saquon Barkley, uh, we'll see how he progresses this week with that ankle issue. Matt Breida didn't do much, and the Giants without Barkley really struggling here. But mm-hmm. they called it a high ankle. I'd be surprised if he doesn't miss at least one more game. And then Thursday night, we got, we'll get to the whole slate here in a minute, but we've got uh, Aaron Jones, we've got Christian Watson, we've got David Montgomery, three key fantasy pieces and part of this Packers Lions tilt for Thursday night. Christian Watson's already said that he's planning on playing Thursday night. The news is trending in the right direction for David Montgomery as well. Haven't heard as much about Aaron Jones, but dude, all three of these guys, James, if they can get into this lineup for Thursday night, will certainly be in lineup conversation here for week four. And especially on Jones and Montgomery's side, these guys are, are fantasy managers probably really need them at this point. Bro, I played Craig Reynolds this week. Oh my Lord. I actually played Josh Reynolds in another league, but you can't blame that one on David Montgomery in that role. Uh, David Montgomery, um, I mean, first of all, Gibbs looked very good. So Montgomery getting back will help that Lions team. Gibbs but definitely Jones, got the touches, 18 yeah. touches with uh, in the absence of Montgomery. Jones is more needed for his offense, I think, and that Packers offense needs Aaron Jones back, and uh, I have fantasy teams that need him just as badly. We'll keep our eyes on Jonathan Taylor. He uh, will be eligible from the pup list. We don't know what the contract situation looks like. And James, for those that scoop Zach Moss off waiver wires, they're probably hoping that thing drags out unless they got Taylor on their team too. Dog, he looks like the guy that the hype train was rolling on the bills what, a couple years ago. It looks like that's the Zach Moss we've finally seen. 
And this Colts team, I mean, Taylor wanna Taylor's gonna want to get a part of this team. They're good. Yeah, Anthony Richardson missed last week with concussion. Minshew filled in viable. But uh, you'd have to think if Richardson's ready to clear a concussion protocol like we would expect this week, he'll be back in for week four. So we'll want to keep our eyes on that. Yep. Let's hit that waiver wire, James. We've already talked about a lot of developing situations, and I think we're all aligned uh, if he's available, and he is out there in a lot of leagues, that Devin Ashan uh, becomes that number one waiver wire bid. And 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 to be clear, I, I, I did say I wasn't buying into all the hype that, that you were spitting out with your Miami backfield stuff, but it's not that I don't want the dude on my team. It's just I'm not convinced he's going to be any, you know, not third or fourth on the depth chart here in two weeks. So putting him in my lineup and figuring out when he's going to have these electrifying plays is going to be a little problematic, I believe. His speed kills. Mike McDaniel wanted him. He drafted him. Uh, he and Mostert have that crazy speed that Tyreek Hill have. I mean, they are incredibly fast. So, so how much of your fab is he worth? And I know it's always a based on, we can give our normal, hey, it's based on your record and how much you want. And here's the thing, like, I think too, maybe not in the case of him, but it, it, when we talk about waiver wire week four, your approach on the waiver wire could be much different if you're a team 0-3 or 1-2 versus a 3-0 team. Because when yeah. you're 3-0, and you can stash players. And I don't need this guy right now, but he might be good later. You get, but whereas if you're zero and three, you can't be thinking about later. You got to get the best thing you can for week four. So first of all, can you believe Jerome Ford was not on one single waiver wire of any league I play in where I could make moves last week? Not one. Um, that was stunning to me. So my answer uh, on Devin uh, A Chan is, however much you were willing to spend on Jerome Ford, that's how much I would spend here. Um, maybe however much it took to get forward, maybe not quite that much. Cause you go back and that person doesn't have the money to bid anymore. Um, I mean, 80%. running back. I mean, the thing is the running back on waiver wires, if you're in a 12 team league is brutal. 80% Dan, you're not going to change your running back situation off the waiver wire receivers. I do think there are a few guys out there this week that you might, because tank Dell, we talked about him mm-hmm. and Joshua Palmer. With Mike Williams' loss for the ACL injury, I think these two guys are the best receivers. I like Dell a little more if he's still out there because of what we're talking about here with the Texans. And if I'm a team that needs that, I don't need running back or receiver. I just want to go get the what I think is the most impactful waiver wire pickup. I, I almost like Dell ahead of Ashan. I can't. I can't do that. Um, I can't do that. But I can give you this. Because I'm split on where I want to go with the uh, Chargers receiving room. Because it's tr- it's clear that Palmer has been the more impactful player so- thus far. And we have seen even Jalen Hyatt make a splash. We've if certainly Palmer's seen- out there and Quentin Johnson, you're saying you're going to bid on Quentin Johnston? I am trying to decide that because here's my thought. Palmer probably offers a higher floor. But does Palmer offer ceiling? Quentin Johnston offers um, rookie of the year ceiling. And obviously that's... Palmer can't win that because he's not a rookie. But Palmer is Palmer ever going to be a twelve hundred yard receiver, ten touchdown guy? I don't know that he has that makeup, that he has that ability. Quentin Johnston was drafted to be that guy. So my thought here is though, while it hasn't shown yet, and it's been Palmer that has been the more useful play, if either would be considered such, that Johnston can have the higher upside still, and we just haven't seen it start yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't both- know. I'm still figuring that out myself. So I'm not telling you that's how I feel. It's just, but it is certainly a thought that I'm I'm grinding through here. 
Yeah, I think in redraft leagues, Palmer's uh, ahead of him based off of experience where we're at right now. But again, do we need it right now? Do we need it a month from now? It could be the difference in this. Honestly, uh, you look at some other receivers. I mean, I definitely like Dell over Palmer. A guy I like just as much as Palmer, if he's still out there, is Dobbs. People were cutting Romeo Dobbs. And, dude, I I think him and Marvin Mims is a little bit further down the list. Is a nice stash play. But uh, those two guys, if you're looking for a week four receiver off the waiver wire, if Andy Dalton's starting again, it's Adam Thielen. I mean, I'm not saying I'm bidding on him over some of these other guys we talked up, but here's a guy that you could get much less that could make immediate impact because, man, with Dalton under the, under center, he really did look for mm-hmm. Thielen this past weekend. 14 targets, 11 catches, 145, and a score for the veteran. Yep, and Thielen was seemingly the guy that Bryce Young looked to in the preseason. I'm not sure if we've seen enough out of Young in the, in the two regular season games, but I'm with you. I think Thielen could even have legs when Bryce Young returns, but you'd much rather have Dalton under center there. Yeah. Uh, anything else at running back or receiver? I mean, Jalen Warren is uh, out there in shallower leagues still. I mean, you know, it seems like we're talking about the same dudes every week. Ty J. Yeah. Spears getting a little snap. I mean, there's not a lot of that running back. I'll tell you one guy, I, I will say at running back, that. He was on my cut list last week on the serious show. Jarek McKinnon got a couple more TD passes in there. Justin, just when I was giving up on him being a thing, and I still think it's going to be sporadic. But yeah, good luck getting that right, dude. Because but if he's out there and you're desperate at running back, I mean, he is worth the stash because in a pinch, uh, you know, in a PPR league, you could put him in there and cross your fingers. He he could get you ten points in in a thirty percent snap share. No, I would rather have Jarek McKinnon. Than Kareem Hunt right now. Yeah, uh, that's pretty close. I, I, it's pretty close, but I would probably. Agree. Well, it's yeah. because the Chiefs score touchdowns. More that's frequently. exactly right. That's why you're, you know, that's what I was going to say. Is, yeah. I mean, not to say that players. I love either of these guys, dude. I'm just saying, if I'm picking between Jarek McKinnon got cut and Kareem Hunt on the waiver wire this week, and that's the best running back choice, I'm going with McKinnon. And and I would say this, not even as a player. Now we know what bye weeks are coming up soon, right? We got the London game start this week. Buys will start the following week. Um, try to try to have your handcuff because having the handcuff through these bye weeks, you know, if you're missing your RB three and your RB two is hurt, having your RB two's bye week, uh, having no bye week replacement, if you go get that handcuff, now you got to have room on the roster to do it. Every roster and, and league is different, but it's it may not be as you said. We've said the same couple of names like a Warren or whatnot. Um, maybe it's not the name we're telling you. It's the name that you handcuff your starting running back with you know we know McCaffrey and Mitchell uh find the guy that's right for you in that situation if there's not a better move and you've got some dead weight to move on from yeah at quarterback uh we talked a a few things already Jordan Love and CJ Stroud would probably be the top two on our list yes in a super flex we could definitely take a look at Andy Dalton if he's out there as a starter for one more week I had to use him last week and it worked out uh yeah Jameis Winston and Dalton are out there. You need a super flex pickup for the week. I mean, I don't know. That's interesting. I would probably, and again, it would depend on who your quarterbacks are. You know, when are you turning to this person by yeah. week? Well, I'm not. just saying you need one for this week. I'd rather have Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yep. I think I would too. And then I did, I did a couple of rookie receivers that are probably out there in a lot more leagues that are quietly ascending. Uh, you know, I love me some Rasheed Rice. He just missed two touchdowns last week. I tackled at the one twice. And we continue to see what Tony and all those other guys are. But even Josh Downs, another one. Uh, we talk, we're talking up the Colts here. I like him even better than Rice if he's out there right now. He caught uh, 
12 targets this week, caught eight of them. So, I mean, it was only 57 yards and no touchdowns. But uh, And I know the volume won't be there when Richardson gets back, but I, I don't know. I still Richardson think Richardson looked his way too, though. I still think, yeah, I think Josh Downs is going to be a guy that by the second half of the season, more uh, fantasy teams will have rostered, that's for sure. No, I'm with you. Richardson looked his way too. And, uh, you know, it was like, hey, who's the other guy? But besides Pittman, and I guess the thought was maybe it's going to be Alec Pierce. Well, I think maybe in the end it's Downs. All right, let's get to tight ends, defensive streamers. What do you got? Uh, I mean, tight end, it's still, it is what it is. I mean, you know, you, you know, the landscape, it's not pretty. It was good to see Tyler Higby involved again. So if he's back in the action, uh, you know, if he, if he got dropped, he's a player I would look at, but um, I don't know. I mean, tight end just stinks, Dan. Yeah. On the defensive streamer side, I mean, the Ravens, my top choice with the Browns. Uh, I definitely think the Bengals. Yes, sir. First Tennessee, probably out there in most leagues. And even Seattle versus the Giants, especially if Jamal Adams can come back. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, the Chiefs, I don't know. You know, they're, they're probably not available, but they get the Jets this week. They've actually proven to be a pretty good defense now two weeks in a row, giving up 19 points, I think. Yeah, and if you can't get out there and get Musgrave off tight end, uh, you mentioned Gerald Everett. I mean, that's a hope that maybe he gets some of that uptick with that, uh, Williams out. Yeah. Nothing really else that's popping for me, bro. No, and I'll say this too, to, to your Musgrave point, he just uh, love missed him on a deep ball, and that's not the first time that's happened this year where he's running that seam route old school Gronk style. So uh, there could be a really big Musgrave game Mus- uh, game coming here soon. Yeah. So anyway, in terms of uh, waiver wire, I think we've hit it up, my friend. So let's move along here and go around and take our first look at these week four matchups, some predictions, some different things that are going on, and. We'll start with the Thursday night game. Uh, as mentioned previously, a good old battle in the NFC North, Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers off of their comeback win versus the Saints. The second home game of the season here is against the Lions. The Lions currently a, a point and a half favorite here. The total's at 46. So your thoughts on the Lions up against this Packers defense. Let's assume that Montgomery's coming back for the purpose of this breakdown. I think you're playing Montgomery, you're playing Gibbs, but you certainly like Gibbs more. Uh, I think you're playing – I'm playing golf in this one still uh, as a fringy quarterback. Now, obviously, if he's your backup and you have a stud ahead of him, but golf's a viable player at this point. I'm on Raz, always in your lineup. Your boy Laporta continues to dominate volume. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. Maybe he's just not a tight end. Well, they're not using him like one, that's for sure. <laughs> but, he, but you love him if you've got him at tight end. That's where I look at the Lions. I'm not touching. Uh, Josh Reynolds was so dis. I mean, just disappeared. So we're 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 not going there. Yeah, Josh Reynolds. Whew. God, I feel bad for people that put him out there. I dude. I did. I, I yeah. I mean, I played Craig Reynolds on an anytime touchdown in some parlay thing on one of my things, and I was like, oh my gosh. Maybe you should have done dumb. anytime carry. Like, dude, he didn't even exist. It was like plus two ninety or something, dude. No, I mean, I, you know, it's just crazy. I was, I, it was a boat ride, stupid bet, is what it was. But yeah. uh, on the Packers side, I mean, Jordan Love, you're going up against this Lions defense, and you're at home, so that's enough for me to get excited about the matchup. I mean, the Giants, they're not the greatest defense. I mean, they are improved. They can certainly put a pass rush on you, but I mean, you know, they're 18th versus fantasy quarterbacks here, and. Uh, you know, we've seen some quarterbacks have some big days already against the Lions this season. Gino, Obviously, Gino Mahomes, woke up against him. Mahomes uh, did good. Uh, he's Mahomes, but Geno Smith woke up. I mean, Desmond Ritter this past week, I mean, that doesn't really count. So I agree. 
Jordan Love could put up top 15 numbers here. And as far as the total, uh, Thursday night, I usually don't go with over the 46, but I, I think it's right around that, dude. I think it's a 45-point game here, 46-point game. I don't love the total. I think it's about spot on. And if that's the case, uh, you know, you're going to use definitely, I'm considering Musgrave here, Aaron Jones if he plays. Christian Watson, I'll probably let him play his way into my lineup unless I'm really desperate there. Dobbs is in the wide receiver three flex play, and that's about it. A.J. Dillon, no thanks. So, as we move along, we got uh, more action for you, as you mentioned, with our first uh, London game of the season. Jacksonville's playing Atlanta. The Jags are three-point favorites in the contest. The total's at 43 and a half, and James, let's start with the Jags, a team that I know you were pretty high on, as was I. I, I, I think maybe you were even higher. And uh, thus far through three weeks, it's been a vast disappointment, including dropping their seventh game and their last eight versus the Texans as they got handed smack down at home to their division foes. Yes, they did. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was disappointing. Um, I guess you're still turning to him. But, like, seriously, if you had Lawrence in golf, I'd probably play Jared Goff out of Trevor Lawrence right now. Um, because I, because I also expect Atlanta to slow this game down. I'll be, you know, these London games that, I mean, we've seen them have good scores, but we've seen them be kind of wonky too. So I'm leery of Trevor Lawrence, but turning to him for the most part where I still have him, you know, those receivers, I mean, Ridley and Kirk, I guess are in Ingram's in because of the situation and you're playing ETN because you have to, but somebody's disappointing you out of that group. If not a pair of those guys are disappointing So tread cautiously. Yeah, I like ETN. I mean, I'm going to continue to roll him out there. And I'm still pretty optimistic on the Jags. I think the Texans just have their number and the Chiefs are coming off the law. So we shall see. But I will say, I will say on the Falcon side, I mean, Bajan's going to bounce back a little bit here. I know last week wasn't great versus Detroit, but Desmond Ritter, I mean, dude, if he... If they go to two and two, two and three, I mean, at what point did we see Taylor Heineke? I mean, that's it's the real Heine question. time, baby. It is Heine time. But here's so I'll return that question with a question. If the team wants to play ball control, run offense, how much can you lay on Desmond Ritter's lap? I get it, but it, he's got to be able to get balls to the playmakers' hands. And right now, uh, he's just not, right. he's making one read and pass. I mean, it, it's, in his limited opportunities, it's it's pretty dismal. And they, that's not helping right. any opportunities grow. So Kyle Pitts, he came out last week and, you know, wasn't dead. He almost got the double-digit fantasy points. But, you know, he's he's a fringe tight end one that's grossly underutilized. Drake, London, good luck. I mean, we the floor is a lot higher than the ceiling these days. So I can't put a rubber stamp on either of those guys in a blanket way. It's going to be a case-by-case scenario. And outside of Bajan Robinson, really, there's nothing that I can say about that. Oh, yeah, Youngway Koo. Put him in as your kicker because <laughs> yep. he's pretty good. Let's move along. This game's really making me angry. I'm going to be watching the Ryder Cup instead of that game. You better believe that. Broncos at the Bears. Oh, the Bears. How bad could it have been last week? It, and Broncos, how it, they'll show you it was even worse for them. These two teams play this week, James. I don't know what to make of this, but the Broncos are a three-point road favorite with a total at 46. What's your expectations for this offense from a fantasy perspective? I have no expectations. You can't play any running backs. Uh, you know, if if the Bears don't put up points, then how do you trust Wilson to put up any points the other way? Mims is the best receiver, but he doesn't get the the, the snap share that – Sutton gets so I don't know you you, you can play maybe you can play Sutton maybe 
Yeah, I mean, Sutton's playable. I don't know about Judy right now. I don't know. The Bears' D sucks so bad. I mean, over 46. I mean, Bronco just gave up 70. I don't know. Justin Fields comes out here. I think uh, yeah, Fields is on your roster. You pretty much got to keep rolling the guy, and you certainly wouldn't pull the trigger this week. So yeah, no, you wouldn't. I think Fields is in the lineup. Uh, definitely. I mean, if Herbert, I, I guess, is a flex play. Uh, and then, really, DJ Moore is it. I mean, Cole Komet, he's not really a starter. So, all that said, I think I'll go on the over 46 here and think that the defenses don't look that – I mean, they're not going to look as bad as last week, but not that much better either. Yeah, what a bad game. Let's go to the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, this is a big one inside the AFC North. Both these teams sitting at 2-1, and one, and the Ravens coming in pretty dinged up, James. We don't know who's all in, who's all out as we're bringing it here, but either way, they'll be out there. They'll have Lamar. Yep. Uh, and – the Browns are a two and a half point favorite. The total here is that went just opened at 44, sitting at 41 now in most spots. And they're expecting a defensive battle in this one. Baltimore, with all the injuries outside of Lamar, Mark Andrews, and maybe Zay Flowers, I'm not starting anyone. Mm-hmm. So, what about the Browns? I mean, if you got Watson, you turn to him, I guess. Um, you know, he hasn't proven or disproven, I think, anybody at this point still. So if you if you QB5 in, in fantasy last week. So, yeah. I mean, even though he's not looking great in real life, he's winning fantasy matchups. Yeah, he he did provide the, the what you needed last week. So I think if you believed, I think you it's should It's not Tennessee him. this time around. That's exactly right. And I think you, you would start Amari Cooper, but that's it. I'm not starting – I mean, I, I guess Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore of target volume alone. I told you last week, and I hope that's you fair. listened to me uh, – because he was plus money on over four and a half receptions, which he had at four minutes to go in the first half. I was going to say, I thought he hit it at halftime. Yeah, he had nine targets. Not a boy. Uh, and, dude, he's going to get him again this week. The target yeah. volume is low. So I think Elijah Moore is actually a sneaky um, – I mean, you're not going to get cute with it. I mean, he's a PPR flex. I mean, let's not get carried away here. But he is a buy-low candidate, I think. He's a guy that should be in most PPR starting lineups on a weekly basis, in my opinion. I could probably get behind that, yeah. And Especially I think in this too. Nick Chubbless offense where I yeah. think this dink and dunk's only going to become more prominent. I, I can't argue that. I Najoku's think also still in the mix just because tight end's dog dirt. And if you got him, chances are he's a top 12 tight end again this week. Yep. Let's get over to the Bengals and the Titans. Uh, Cincinnati did get a win, uh, a Monday nighter. It wasn't pretty, but it was a dub. And uh, James clearly, Joe Burrow, not 100%, but did tough it out. And apparently he's going to continue to do so. And you would think that as time went on, it, it will get a little better here. And Tennessee, defensively, certainly hasn't been all that hard to, you know, that hard for uh, the pass against. But they are tough against the run and with Mixon and with such. I mean, this is no longer the Bengal offense we expected, but definitely I think Higgins and Chase are still in play. There's no way you're sitting these guys in redraft. And if you do, you're just stupid. I mean, some of these guys that were asking me about sitting Jamar Chase last night, I mean, I was like, are you serious? Like, you're going to sit Jamar Chase? I mean, uh, so. Nakua? Like, who are you sitting him for? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, Chase Higgins are in. Mixon, uh, I mean, probably a flex play. You probably have to play him if you're, unless you just have been. Burrow in one lucky. QB leagues. I'm going to try to find an alternative with a better matchup, but in super but flex. This is the good matchup. That's the problem. Well, I know, but at the but same time, in one QB him. leagues, it's easier to pick up a replacement. In super flex, yeah. I'm probably rolling him out. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Talk about the Titans, bro. Uh, I don't want to play a single Titan. Seriously. Don't want to play a single Titan. Tannehill is borderline, uh, you know, uh, super flex play. Derrick Henry, I guess you're still going to play him, but 
maybe Father Time is finally finally come and delivered the the ticket to Derrick Henry. So maybe, you, but I don't think you're gonna play Spears either. So I frankly do not want to play a single player from the Titans, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans score 15 points this week. Dolphins at the Bills, probably the game of the week. Buffalo, yeah. a two and a half or three point favorite, depending on where you're looking at. The totals 53 and a half here. And James, I know you're bullish on these Dolphins. Let's talk about how you look at it this uh, going in week four. And we're assuming. I mean, we have no indication, but typically uh, after one missed week, players do recover from concussion protocol more often than not. So let's assume Julian Waddle's back here for the purpose of this breakdown. I mean, look at the total, 53 and a half where I'm looking. Uh, I mean, I said it. I'm going to stick with it. I think you start Waddle, you start Hill, you start Tua. Nobody's going to argue that. I'll start Mostert. I'll start A-Chan too. Yeah, I mean, feeling pretty good about that. I think on the Buffalo side – James Cook has emerged. I mean, he's a no longer a consideration as a starter. He is a starter. He's a top mm-hmm. 15 running back. Mm-hmm. Diggs clearly playing in there. Gabe Davis has scored two weeks in a row, so it's going to be hard to sit him, although I'm guessing that runs out. Dalton Kincaid, my one rookie tight end that hasn't really panned out just yet. So I'm not going to cut him, but I'm going to bench him. And yeah, I, like uh, I think at the running back spot, or uh, not at the running back spot, but at, at the, uh, the quarterback spot, obviously Josh Allen's still elite. Yep. And I think this team showed last week against the Commanders that they're capable of blowing some bad teams out. Let's see what they can do against a good team here. Should be a mm-hmm. fun one. Yeah, should be. All right, the Commanders and the Eagles. Another 1 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. The Eagles, eight and a half point favorite. Washington, as I mentioned, just got blown out by Buffalo. The total's 44 and a half here. And James, the Commanders, a team that uh, really comes down to Sam Howe. Can he take care of the football? Can he move it down the field? And he's going to be tough to come against this Eagles D. Can this offense look like it did the first two weeks? Can Howe look good against the Eagles like the quarterbacks in the first two weeks did before Baker laid the uh, – I won't say laid the egg, but didn't didn't put up the numbers the previous two uh, quarterbacks and Jones and Cousins did. Howe is – I mean, it's, it's a tough defensive matchup, but Howe is a super flex play for me still. Uh, Brian Robinson, I mean, look, I think you'd still go back to the well because he got you 70 yards even though he didn't get the touchdown – you know, he wasn't using the passing game. Uh, the weather certainly didn't seem to bother the Bills, so I'm not going to give him a weather pass, but I think he'd still turn to Robinson. And then that the three receivers, it's like, good luck figuring it out. I don't think you can consider any of them more than a wide receiver three at this point. McLaurin will rank highest for me. Dotson's got the most upside play. Curtis Samuel offers a floor. I'm not, you know, he may be more He's getting a consistent five or six targets. So yeah, Curtis Samuel a, in a, a deeper league is a flex consideration. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles, their receivers, I mean, Devontae Smith is the best receiver on that team. He, right now, after three weeks, he's wide receiver 13. A.J. Brown's wide receiver 34. A.J. Brown, 30 targets. Smith has only had 20. So the volume is going different, but Smith makes the big plays. He's had a better knack for the end zone, and that's why I like him better. Obviously, you're playing both in season long weekly here. Dallas Goddard did reemerge uh, in our conversations last week after some duds, James, but through three weeks, here's a guy that still really struggling to deliver any fantasy value. He's tight end 40 after three weeks right now. But I did like the five for 41 last night. Uh, we like to see him get a touchdown and get a little more involved. So I'm holding out hope for him in my redraft. Uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts is a stud. I think what's interesting is the backfield. And it was near a split uh, committee last night with Swift and Gainwell both getting similar touches. And as long as that happens, it's going to limit both their upside. So it is 
a little bit of a headache and, and a, a situation that's you know, going to be tricky to manage. I still give Swift the slight edge. But that said, Gainwell's still viable and uh, in deeper leagues. As we get into these bye weeks, even if it looks like this, he could still be a guy that gets into some lineups from time to time. So mm-hmm. I don't like him this week, though. Swift, the better of the two, and uh, you know, obviously Hurts is a stud. So as we get to some other matchups, let's go to the Saints. We know the quarterback situation's up in the air. We talked a little bit about that. They're a three-point favorite now at home versus the Bucks. Jameis Winston getting the start potentially against his former team, and uh, that will certainly be a storyline. But the totals went from 42.5 to 40.5. Nobody expects a lot of points in this game. I think the Saints are going to try to run the ball. Sure, Kamara will get his, but Kendry Miller's in the mix. You got Taysom Hill doing some things. Who knows what Tony Jones might take away, so... We're going to let Kamara play our way into our lineups. Unless we're desperate, I do think he'll be a top 25 running back on my board. Olave is obviously a stud receiver. And then you'll take a shot with Shahid or Thomas if you need him as lineup fillers. But I don't know. Jameis Winston's the quarterback. The Bucks are going to be uh, chomping at the bit on defense, probably coming up with some picks. But what do you think their offense will do against this tough Saints D in the loud Superdome? Well, if either of these D's found themselves to be available for you, this would be a waiver wire pickup. Uh, the Bucks for me, I mean, Brady struggled against the Saints in that defense. The defense crumbled a little bit in the end of the game last week. But for me, I mean, I, I would say White Rashad White, you probably will continue to turn to him because of the volume. And the two receivers, Evans and Godwin, you'll put in lineups because they're Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, Baker Mayfield becomes a risky play even in Superflex at this point. Vikings and Panthers, another one o'clock start. The uh, Vikings, a three and a half point favorite. Totals over 45 and a half. And Kirk Cousins, uh, they didn't win, but still another strong fantasy day. Him and Jefferson's looking good. Jordan Addison's had some big plays, not getting a lot of volume, and pretty inconsistent. So use him at your own risk. And certainly TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Alexander Madison had the last workload there, didn't have a terrible game. But this week, the real takeaway will be how much does Cam Akers get involved? That's a situation scary. I'm probably going to try to avoid starting either of those running backs, James, on that side. On the Panther side, if it's Andy Dalton, I already said I like Adam Thielen again. Uh, we don't know right now, but it, they did say last week it could be a multi-week start there. But Miles Sanders getting enough volume in the backfield. I think he's in play. Hayden Hurst uh, at tight end. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to get too crazy there. And really, that's about it on the Panther side. Let's get your take on the Rams and Colts. We'll start with the visiting Rams, who are one-and-a-half-point underdog and a 46-and-a-half-point total here in Indy. Well, I reckon you're going to play Kyron Williams, right? You're going to, because of the volume at this point, if you've been turning to him. And Puka Nakua is in lineups, and you're not changing that. Atwell, Higby, I don't know. Use at your own risk. Uh, I certainly would like to see the the volume continue to be what it was for Higby last night. Um, from Stafford is not a starting quarterback, but I think you know he's a backup replacement. He's certainly a starter in Superflex. From the Colts' perspective, Richardson gets back in. You play him for sure. Uh, Michael Pittman has to be in your lineup, and I think Zach Moss will be in your lineup as well in this matchup. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Let's get to the Steelers and the Texans. Uh, Three-point favorite are the visiting Steelers. 42 is the total, up from 40 and a half. So both offenses making some noise last week, opening some people up. And the visiting Steelers have definitely got a little bit better, I think, uh, than we've seen, but still not great. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, it's working at least for Pickens' point of view and keeping him fantasy relevant. We saw Pat Fryermuth 
with a heartbeat and a touchdown last week. So he's still in tight end one range in this matchup for sure against a Texans D that's been favorable. Jalen Warren's nice. He's still not getting enough volume, though, to warrant the lineup consideration. So Najee Harris is a hold-your-breath starter. And uh, really, outside of that, I mean, not a lot to talk about unless you're talking about that Steelers defense, which right now is playing like one of the best units in the league. And I think that could be a problem for C.J. Stroud, a young quarterback, James. I wouldn't start Stroud. I've already picked him up in leagues. I would be picking him up for sure if you need a quarterback replacement still. But you don't want to play him this week. I'm certainly interested to see how he does against that defense. Jimmy G ended up having a good fantasy day against that defense, so Stroud could be still in play because this team's going to want to run the football or throw the football. You're not going to run against the uh, Steelers. So Pierce is kind of a – I mean, you talk about holding your breath. Pierce is a hold your breath running back, hoping he gets in the end zone. He's been disappointing, even though there was a bit of a pulse this past week. Um, But I think you played Dell. I think you'd still play uh, Collins. I I think, honestly, because I think C.J. Stroud's going to throw the ball at least 35 times, you're not going to play Dalton Schultz. It it may well even be time to punt on him, cut bait, because he's just not going to be a part of the offense, even though they paid him. Strange. Uh, But I think you could turn to uh, the, the third receiver. I've missed Woods as well. Raiders Chargers first of three late afternoon games. The Chargers a six point favorite, forty seven and a half points total here, and we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo is able to play. Uh, that definitely will have a big factor in all this. He's in concussion protocol. Josh Jacobs, either way, is going to be counting on big time. The Chargers have been viable to the run, so we're going to cross our fingers. Hope Jacobs can finally get into the end zone, have a fantasy productive day. Devonte Adams and Myers are. Sherlock started with Garoppolo and Adams probably regardless of who's throwing the ball at quarterback. Nothing really to talk about at tight end on the Chargers side, James. This is a pretty juicy matchup. They'll be without Mike Williams. We talked a lot about those receivers early on, but what about Herbert and the rest of this offense? Well, Herbert always in. Uh, Keenan Allen has to be in. Kelly, I mean, the only good performance he still had really in his career was the one week that no one would have had him in their lineup to begin with in week two. I don't I mean, I don't want to turn to him here, Dan, uh, but I guess maybe you could, but I don't want to. So, honestly, if he's the only guy, he's the least going to get bankable volume. touches, which is hard to come by these days. And a chance at the goal line. I'm not starting any of Johnston, Palmer, uh, Parham, or Everett, but I'm very interested to see how this offense works now without Mike Williams. I mean, that dude had 140-some yards last week, I think. Yeah, I definitely think as well. So, We've got a lot on uh, that game, but the other one going on in the late afternoon slate, the Cardinals at the Niners. It was a nice story last week, Arizona going in and taking care of business in Dallas, but Sam Fran's not going to be sleeping on him here, James. So (laughs) James Conner, he's doing so good. The volume is there. So outside of him, I can't really think of any Cardinals I'm starting here. I mean, Hollywood, uh, Rondale Moore looks pretty good. Dobbs even in super flex, but I mean, this Niners D is legit. Uh, Zach Ertz, no thanks. They haven't, they never give up tight end touchdowns. So really it's Connor, nothing else. And on the flip side, a lot of things I like about the Niners and we're hoping to get Brandon Ayuk back in the mix after he missed the game on a short week in week two, uh, three. Yeah. If Ayuk's back, you play him, uh, Debo in, you play him Kittle. I mean, it's tight end this year. You play him, uh, McCaffrey, you play. McCaffrey, you can trust. Those other three, you got to imagine one of them is going to leave you wanting for some more than what you get in the production volume. Uh, Purdy, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to tell you that Purdy's as a, as a QB1 play, but I mean, if I had Justin Fields and Brock Purdy, I'd be putting Brock Purdy in my lineup right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm playing him over Burrow right now, too, in my Superflex. Yeah, absolutely. 
Patriots, Cowboys, uh, this will be interesting. Dallas coming off the big loss. How will they respond? Seven-point favorites are the Cowboys at home here. The total is 43. And I don't know, James. I mean, Ramondre, I'm keeping him in there. Zeke coming back is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's definitely getting some volume, especially late in the game last week. We saw a lot of Zeke. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that backfield share. Hunter Henry still in play as a, you know, a, a desperation play at tight end. You're not starting Mac Jones, though. not even in Superflex here as the Cowboys will look to bounce back. I'm not going to bet on or against the Cowboys this week, but what's your thoughts against <laughs> the matching up against the Patriots? Uh, I would expect the Cowboys to win, but the Patriots have a tough defense. So, look, I mean, maybe I would start Brock Purdy over Dak. Thank God I have cousins in all my Dak leagues for the most part at this point. Dak's hard to play, hard to trust. So you play Pollard, you play C.D. Lamb, and you hope for some good stuff. I mean, if Cooks goes, I don't think you're turning to him. And if, uh, like, you know, Gallup, uh, none of the tight ends, like, it's, I think it's CeeDee Lamb and Pollard. That's all you're playing from the Cowboys. Yes, I definitely think uh, I'm with you on that. The Jets and the Chiefs are the Sunday night game. And, oh, man, they had a better one envisioned for this. Oh, boy, didn't they? The Chiefs, nine and a half points favorites, 42 and a half here. Obviously, you know you're starting Mahomes and Kelsey. And, uh, well, and really, after that, I don't know if everything's a lock. Pacheco is getting uh, interesting. This doesn't help Sam McKinnon get touchdowns again. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire suddenly get involved in the goal line. So I'm a little down on Pacheco. I'm not even sure he's a lock to start this week. And none of the receivers are. I mean, let's be honest. I, I do think Rasheed Rice is a guy that's emerging, and I still think the targets are coming. Sky Moore is the one I'm holding out of. I'm done with Kadarius Tony altogether. I hope you, nobody's using him as a starter. Um, but it's the Jets on the other side of it, James. I mean, is even Garrett Wilson an option? Yeah, I guess. So is Tyler Conklin, I guess. Both of those are big, fat guesses with a limited upside because you know Zach Wilson's not throwing for 300 yards in this one. He's not keeping pace. This is going to be an ugly game, right? So you don't want anything to do with the running back uh, room, I hate to say, in New York right now. You could argue that no one is a viable play, but I do think Conklin and Wilson are at least worth considering for a lot of people. Yeah, let's get it. One last game to break down. It is the Monday Nighter. It's the Giants and the Seahawks. I'll let you take the visiting Seahawks. They're one and a half point dog in New York and a 47 point total. I mean, Kenneth Walker really uh, came to play on Sunday, and I think he's a player you'd be liking in this matchup. I would envision this to be a really grindy, slow play game. So maybe it's the kicker, uh, Myers, I believe, for Seattle that you're interested in. Gino is a fringe starter at best, in my opinion, because I don't see a lot of points, but I think you can trust him a little more than uh, maybe like a Dak or a Burrow. DK Metcalf, probably the only receiver I can tell you to throw in without any concern, but Lockett's always good for a big play, so he's probably in most lineups I have. Yeah, I'm rolling my Giants out here. I'm hoping Saquon's back, but I'm not holding my breath, but uh, definitely going to go with Waller again. I know it's probably not been what you hoped for when you spent that fourth-round pick on him. But you pretty much have to play him. I do like him in this game. And I think Daniel Jones has a better game than we've seen last time around. So this will be one of the weeks where I think he's in the fantasy mix as well. Still not trusting much at receiver. Uh, but if I had to pick one, I guess Darius Slayton would be the lesser of all evils. But mm-hmm. uh, really hoping I don't have to put him anywhere. So, James, every week. we've made it through three <laughs> weeks. Week four is looking fun. Looking forward to it. Won't be on with you Saturday. It'll be you and Skeeter. I'm sure you'll take care of things there. But uh, good luck to you. Enjoy the games this week, my friend. 
back right back at you and you enjoy your uh, your time away and we'll uh, we'll keep the seat warm brother yes we'll be back here next tuesday every tuesday all season long be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen and thanks again for listening to the fantastics insider football podcast with dan claskins and james adams we'll see you next time right here